One, two, three. Do it. Oh, Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 30. No way. Welcome back in for another edition of the Scolders Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Brownmarker. With me, as always, my compatriot, Mike Anderson. How are we doing tonight, Mike? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Doing all right. We had the first week of football in the books here. Um, good week. A lot of surprises, I think, from, from overall in the league. But we're not going to get into that much. Um, we need to talk about some Vikings football. Uh, but before we do that, Mike, do we need to change our intro now? Because we no longer have Stefan Diggs. You know, I was just thinking, actually, weirdly enough, I was just listening to that and thinking it it seems so long ago. Um, I don't know. Maybe we should have a vote on it. Okay, maybe put out a vote. You know, do we keep it the same because it's it's part of the show now? Do we change it because Diggs is no longer with us? If we change it, what do we change it to? You know, that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, you know, maybe we'll throw it up on the Twitter and see what kind of responses we get. But, uh Food for thought. Food for thought. Diggs no longer with the team, obviously, with Buffalo. I think Buffalo won, did they not? Uh, yeah, they did. So they're doing better than the Vikings. <clears throat> obviously, your Vikings, if you listen to this, you probably saw it. Vikings lose 43-34 to to Green Bay in a game where that score is probably a bit closer than the game felt. Um, it's only close for about a quarter there, and then it kind of got off the rails quickly. So uh, what do you think went wrong here, Mike? Uh, I mean, I think obviously the defense was not ready to roll. Um, I think that, you know, we talked about having a lot of new faces that were going to have to step up and play a big role, uh, and, and then losing arguably your best defensive player, if not one of the best players on your team in, in Daniel Hunter for this game and the next couple games, uh, substantially impacted our ability or lack thereof to get to Aaron Rodgers. And when you give Rodgers all the time in the world and you put him in a stadium where there's no crowd noise to impact him, uh, you know, he was able to prove that he's still a a very, very good player. Uh, Now it is week one. And I think, you know, even myself was guilty of, of maybe jumping the gun. You have to keep in mind that, you know, Zimmer is going to adjust, uh, but Mm -hmm you have to be able to get pressure to some of these quarterbacks because with as young as our secondary is, uh, especially early in the season, if we can't get to them, they're going to sit back and they're going to find openings and they're going to be able to, you know, move the ball downfield. I I think you nailed it there because uh, a guy that's as seasoned as Rodgers is, he's going to see every single mistake that secondary is making, and there were plenty. Um, No shortages of cornerbacks out of position safeties kind of out of position from from where they're usually used to playing because the corners are, are usually better at covering so um definitely definitely a hard game as far as the youth goes on this defense um but let's be fair here if if you're a vikings fan you're sitting out there and you thought that our secondary was going to be as good or better than they were last year i think you're a little bit delusional because you can't replace the game reps. You can't replace that game speed, and they got zero of it this offseason. They're used to college speed, and you can only go up against your own team, your own scheme, um, 
that can only teach you so much, especially when you're going up against a guy like Aaron Rodgers and, you know, elite wide receiver like, you know, Devonta Adams. There's only so much you can teach before you're going to have to make a couple dozen mistakes before you actually understand, okay, I got to do this in this road. I got to be a step extra here because, you know, he's going to make his cut here. So there's all that extra nuance that, that these guys don't have yet. Um, and they'll get there, but in my mind, this game was always had potential to be this kind of a bloodbath if we could not get to Rodgers, and that's exactly what you saw. You saw the secondary falling apart like like they're rookies, and they are. Well, it, you know, you could tell that Green Bay mostly returned the same team that they played with last year. They came out with a, a bit of unity on both sides of the football, and I felt like Minnesota was almost kind of a, a, a newer put together team that has talent, but hasn't played together was feeling, feeling each other out a little bit. Um, you even look at Anthony Harris uh, struggled a little bit here and there. Of course, uh, you know, Mike Hughes, Holton Hill did not have great games. Uh, so you had a lot of new faces. You had a lot of guys trying to understand the tendencies of other players and it, it just didn't work out. And it, it was a tough matchup, right? We knew that coming mm-hmm. in that, uh, certainly without Hunter, if we weren't going to get pressure, Rodgers has done it time and time again. And, and uh, you know, I think it's important to, to allow Zimmer to kind of work his magic, so to speak. Uh, they should have a better opportunity to beat a uh, Phillip Rivers-led Indianapolis Colts team that lost at home to Jacksonville, which we'll touch on here for the second half of the show. Um, but don't panic. You know, we were still able to throw up 34 points, granted, uh, you know, a lot of those came in the fourth quarter, but I think there are a few positives that you can take from this game. But overall, I think what happened is you ran into a team that is coming off a 13 win season, basically returning a lot of that same team, same scheme, and you ran it up against the newer team without really any practice, uh, a lot of inexperience, and unfortunately, it, it just wasn't a great outcome for, for us Vikings fans. I mean, if you just look at the defensive faces, look at who we started. If Hunter was out, Everson Griffin was gone, um, Linville Joseph is no longer there. So you have one starter that was present on the D-line in 2019. Um, you know, some of the rotational guys are still there, but uh, you had Yannick, he's new. You had um, other D-linemen that were not used to playing D-tackle. They're new in that lineup. All the secondary, I think the, the most – snaps seen out of those was um mike hughes and that was only about half the snaps of the total throughout the entirety of 2019 season so he's you can't really call him a strong veteran in the system then you look at the safeties and like you said anthony harris didn't have a great game part of that easily could be is that he's used to having xavier rose and trey waynes and understanding how they react and how they respond to different routes and he hasn't learned that yet with these new guys so, so I think, like you said, it's going to take a few weeks for them to understand the, the complete tendencies of, okay, this is what Holton Hill is going to do in this situation. This is what Cameron Dantzler is going to do in this situation, and that's how I need to respond. It, it, it's kind of a coordinated thing, kind of with like old linemen, where you have to understand how the guy next to you is going to pass off um, that pass rusher to be able to effectively deal with it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I absolutely agree with that. I think, uh, you know, not to completely, as much as we easily could, just talk about negative, negative, negative. Um, I did think that Dantzler showed, uh, you know, kind of some of the, the, you know, signs of life isn't the right terminology, but he showed some of the flash that we heard about in the preseason. Yep. He was in position on a couple of those, 
Rodgers just made really good throws and, and, you know, where it's almost impossible to defend. But I liked his positioning on some of those throws. Um, I think for a, a first year or a, a first NFL game, um, there's certainly some promise there. I obviously have some concerns about Hill and Hughes, but, you know, you're talking about a couple guys that are also shaking off the rust, coming from an, yep. an injury suspension and, and not playing a lot. So, uh, I think that there still can be hope that a lot of these guys can get a little bit better. And then you've also got to keep in mind that hopefully for, you know, three quarters of this season, if not more, you're going to have uh, both Hunter and, and, and Gakwe uh, playing a little bit more snaps and, and hopefully creating some pressure, which should alleviate, uh, you know, some of the pressure that's being put on all these young DBs. And the point, point I want to make with Dantzler is he gave up three catches for only 18 yards to Devontae Adams. That's a pretty solid game, no matter what corner you're talking about. I think there's one touchdown that some people attribute to him, but it was actually on Harris because Harris was a little bit out of position to, to cover that. But um, nuance aside, I, I think Cameron Dantzler, I think from what we saw week one, if that continues to grow week two, week three, week four, I think by midseason you're going to see a really solid corner um, out of Cameron Dantzler. The thing I'm more concerned about or just questioning is where is Jeff Gladney? He played like nine snaps. I didn't see him at all out there. So is he just still coming off that that injury that he had and he's trying to recover from that still, or what the heck's going on there? Uh, you know that one I don't know. I didn't see. I guess like I got it right here. I can look at the. Is it actually nine? You know that one for sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was nine out of the 78 snaps. Yeah, nine snaps. Wow. So it, um, it just the the lack of usage there seems a little bit suspect to me, but it's possible Cameron Dancer came in and he impressed so much that it's like okay he's ready to go. Maybe Gladney needs to just learn the system a bit more, get a little bit healthier, get more speed back. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Nine nine defensive snaps, uh, six uh, snaps on special teams, and then you know you you cross compare that over to Dantzler, who played. Uh, 64 defensive snaps, 82% of the time. So the the um, most snaps of any cornerback, FYI, as well. Dancer did. Uh yeah, yeah. So the most. Uh, and then Hill and Hughes are uh, right behind him. So it was really those three getting a majority. Um, and then you fall all the way down to, uh, you know, you fall down at that point to to Gladney. So, um, yeah, I I don't know. I think. You know, like like we said before, we were talking a little bit before the show. Um, I know myself, it's like I don't want to sit here and just berate this team and, and beat down. Listen, Green Bay is a good football team. Uh, they've had our number, unfortunately, now for the last four or five games. Uh, but they won 13 games last year, and and uh, you know we know we've been able to play with them in a 13-1 season. We mm-hmm. we should have won the game at Lambeau last year, uh, and then you know without Dalvin, we had a little trouble. Uh, here in the second half and then this week you still threw up 34 which kind of I mean is maybe our transition over to the offense where uh, you had some positivity now 24 of those came in the fourth quarter if you want to call it garbage time I think that's fair it's justifiable well but at the okay, same time it's at still the same, 24 points at the same time like I still don't specifically call all those 24 points garbage time points because at one point when we were scoring points it was a 10 point game and there was the full quarter left that's not garbage time to me that isn't. Like, if you're two possessions down and you have a whole quarter to do it, that is not garbage time. So if someone's trying to claim that that's garbage time points, I, I would strongly disagree. Garbage time points to me is like you're down by three scores and it's four minutes left and then you just you light it up for 80 yards and a touchdown. 
like two of those last three touchdowns, they were not playing for you on defense. Right. We were we were marching down on the field when we needed to to try and keep the game competitive. Now, obviously, yeah. oh yeah, I, I think on Twitter I put out there. I, it's I think the offense can keep us in this game, but the defense is gonna just they can't seem to stop anything, so it's not gonna matter. Right. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think sticking with that offense, um, Cousins had a, a, a relatively solid game. I think uh, if you want to nitpick again, my problem is that he has a tendency to look to that first read or the read that you know he's supposed to throw to uh i think there are times where other players are open and, and that mm-hmm. was my frustration if you've listened to the show all of last year is that i think Diggs was open on a majority of plays and whether or not you want to agree with you know Diggs complaining and that leading to him leaving and whatnot you can get into that whole thing that's a whole other podcast but fact of the matter is is that i feel at times if cousins were to look elsewhere um, and maybe not go to that, the read the play's designed for, he's got guys that are more open. Um, and we know he's accurate, but I think overall, after one game, he played pretty well. Thielen obviously had a fantastic game. I think he was the number one rated receiver in the NFL from you know the, the pro mm-hmm. football focus grade. Uh, and, and lastly, I think the offensive line had a, a pretty solid game. You know, Green Bay has a really strong defensive front. Uh, I think uh, your boy Bradbury took a, a huge step forward. Uh, and you know, really the only, the only negative there is, is Elfline. And, and, uh, I know this is probably a make or break it year for him. And quite frankly, I, I don't even know if he gets to the full year, if we continue to see the sort of, uh, results that unfortunately he produced here week one. Well, so yeah, if you've ever listened to a show where we've talked about O-line, I've always talked about, um, how the pieces of the whole need to function very seamlessly together to be able to. Um, be effective in in pass blocking. Now, Elfine last year was left guard position. This year, he's right guard position. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that Brian O'Neill gave up a handful of pressures and gave up a sack. And Riley Reef in this game, I don't think he gave up a sack. I think he might have given up one, maybe two pressures. I don't think that that is any kind of coincidence. Because when that guard is not transitioning his defender off cleanly, and he's not doing it consistently in the way that the tackle is ready to receive it and able to to um, deal with it, that's when you get issues. And I think on the sack, that was one of them was Pat Elfline didn't really hand that off cleanly, and then he just he got between them. Um, that's going to be a problem continuing going forward. And it's the only way to fix that is you just you throw someone else in there, throw, throw Drew Samia in there, get, get Klein back here. I, I can't see us going through the full season with Pat Elfine with this, with seeing last year's entire whole roll of tape and then yeah. seeing this year, this first week. You know, if this continues through the next couple of weeks, I cannot see us going through this whole year with Elfine at right guard. I just can't see right. it. Right. Um, but to your point, Bradbury did exactly what I was hoping he would in this offseason. His job was basically to get stronger and to get ready for the NFL, and that's exactly what you saw. He was not overwhelmed by bull rush this year it didn't seem like um or this game rather it seemed like he was handling it very well i think he had one of the top grades in um pass blocking on the unit so um that's a really good sign to see especially against this d line who i think the only guy out was was clark midway through the game i believe right so you still had the two smith brothers and that's a good d line and we held them to i don't like three quarterback hits i think 
So yeah, that's the, that's that's a bright spot. That's that's good news going forward. Yeah, and I I think you know again we it's a tough matchup on both sides of the ball week one there. Uh, you know I I think again if we're gonna slightly nitpick some of the play calling at, in crucial times was maybe questionable. I'm not sure about the the deep drop from the two that ended in a safety. Um, from my understanding, there was maybe miscommunication and either Reef needed to swing out or, or Delvin, depending who you believe. Uh, okay, okay, well, just let's pause on that. Even miscommunication notwithstanding, why the hell are you dropping your quarterback in a nine-step drop at the right. goal line? Why? That is, that's recipe for disaster. You want to get that ball out quick. I don't, I don't understand that play call from the get-go. That's like last year, the play call to do a pass instead of running it on second down on the goal line. And you're trying to score. I don't. Yeah. Just don't get cute with this. Yeah, and I, I agree. And I, I think we ran the ball all right. Um, obviously, when you get down that many points, you're not going to continue to hand the ball off. But I think the averages were fine. Um, Madison looked like he had some really good runs. It looks like he was improving his game a good bit from last year. Yeah, Madison looked good. He had, I think, four catches out of the backfield as well. Um, and then, you know, that fourth down call, right? I think fourth and three in the third, I believe we were down like 12 points. Something like that. Um, pretty big play. We were, we were borderline field goal range, fourth and three. Uh, and we took a shot to, I want to say it was to BC, right? They ended up being the targeted receiver. No, No, um, it was sharp. 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 Yep. Um, and you know, it's like you have Dalvin, you've had the ability to run the, run the ball, uh, not only today, but historically against that team. And you just paid, you know, you just made Dalvin Cook one of the highest paid running backs in the NFL. So why not give him a shot to pick that up? Or why not throw to, you know, one of the best receivers in the NFL uh, and Adam Thielen, who a lot of people, when you review the game tape, uh, actually got a step on on Jair Alexander on that play. But again, Cousins goes to the, you know, basically goes where that play is designed. It was one-on-one coverage. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not sure if the if if Sharp ran too far outside or if the throw was too far inside, but he ended up not being able to get back to that ball, and and ultimately that's kind of where the game really went downhill and got out of hand. So so two points there. So first point in Cousins' defense on that one, the snapshot of where he makes that decision, um, Thielen had not yet got a step on his in his cover man, and at that exact moment where you can see where he starts to motion to throw too sharp sharp has already got a couple steps on his defender so in his defense if you snapshot all the receivers on that play at the moment he makes a decision to go to sharp Thielen isn't open yet it, it looks see, like he's tight covered I, okay Thielen, i can agree but the the replays i've seen is that sharp is is getting a cushion of two to three yards and so when cousins looks over he's I mean, basically the corner is a couple of yards off of him, but, you know, he ends up just understanding he's going to go deep and turns and runs. I, it didn't look to me like Sharp ever really had a step on that corner. Well, my, my, my suspect play analysis notwithstanding, Thielen was not exactly open at that moment. That and honestly, I, I'm more but, here for uh, I'd like to see a run on that, or I'd like to exactly. see – Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith, where were they? But okay. I think we had, what, three targets to tight ends that game? And I understand if you get down big, you need to look for chunk yardage. But what happened to utilizing, you know, uh, throwing to the, the tight ends? I, I don't know. It, okay. it just... 
But let's, let's backtrack here a second here because there's a huge positive in all of this. We went for it on fourth and three at that field position, which is absolutely the 100% correct move right. statistically. And we right. actually went for it. Yeah. So that is a positive because that means Zimmer is making those choices now based on actual statistical data. We'll see how, how far that pans out. But if that trend continues, I think this offense has a chance to be something special if we start to pick up some of those and make better play calls in that situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Any other parting, closing thoughts? I mean, I, I think that, you know, again, breathe a little bit. Understand that there's a long way to go. It's mm-hmm. a weird season. Uh, you know, the season is going to continually evolve as you add fans, lose fans. Um, and, and just keep in mind that you have a lot of very young talent on this football team on both yes. sides of the football. And we're going to need players on both sides to evolve uh, if this team is really going to, you know, kind of be able to take that next step, right? They could pl- they could step it up a notch and they could be a borderline playoff team, maybe get into the playoffs. But for us to feel really confident that, hey, they could go out and beat a Saints team kind of like last year, um, knowing last year I felt it was more experience that was going to lead us to that, which ultimately was the case. This year you're going to have to see – uh, those players evolve in a, in a short time frame to actually feel like, hey, they got a they got a chance to go and knock a team off, you know. Right, and it's important to note with no preseason. All right, the teams that are returning largely their entire starter group intact, obviously look better, and you've seen yes. that across the board because you looked at the Saints; they look like they just completely beat up on the Buccaneers. You look at Green Bay, who largely returned their entire full roster of starters just dominated the Vikings in this game. And, and the, score, the score sheet doesn't say that, but on almost every level they were pretty much dominating the Vikings, um, at least every level that mattered. You just look across the board, any team that's been together a good while had a really good day. And that's to be expected when we're in this kind of a weird situation with no preseason, you have no live reps, you have none of that to, to learn from each other. And that's huge. Um, yeah. So. I think, like you said, you just gotta you just relax. This is also a division game, so I mean, yeah, it counts for double, but they're also more difficult. So if this is your test and you came out only down nine points at the end of it, you know what? There's a lot of bright spots to look at there. You're going into face Indy here, which we'll talk about in a second, and you have a chance to to get the ship corrected to get one and one, and you know from there you're hosting Tennessee, and you can you can start to build on this and start to build some confidence in these younger kids. Yeah, and I, I don't think. Looking at the schedule, you know, yeah, Rivers, T.Y. Hilton, uh, you've got some experience there on both sides. But, uh, again, they didn't really do a hell of a lot week one. And then you move to Tennessee, who's got an A.J. Brown as an up-and-coming receiver, uh, but still not not really a, a Devontae Adams caliber player. Houston traded DeAndre Hopkins, not, not much there. I think it's going to take till week five when you get to Russ and, and the DK Metcalf and the locket before you're going to actually have to uh, really be ready to roll again and cover, you know, get pressure to Russ and then be able to cover receivers if you don't. Um, yep. I think that week five and six with Ryan, Julio, Ridley. Um, so they've got a few weeks to kind of get things together, hopefully get a couple wins under the belt. Does this create a sense of urgency? Absolutely. But, uh, you know, these guys are, are coming. Most of them are coming from bigger colleges, LSU. Uh, they're used to the pressure. They know that they got to step up. They, they understand. So 
uh, I'm excited to see this team get back out here against Indianapolis this week and, and hopefully uh, get a W. That's what's going to do for the recap here. Um, after this short break, we will get into the Colts preview and uh, talk to you in a few. All right, we are back talking Colts. Vikings going to visit the Colts. Um, one stat that I saw on the Twitter machine, Mike. The Vikings haven't beat the Colts in five visits, which is like since like 1992 or something like that. Something ridiculous like that. So, to me, that says I think we're due. But what's your take on that? We haven't beat the Colts in the last five visits. Well, I mean, that's not how it works with Seattle. You keep thinking we're due, and that's just never going to happen, so... Well, I mean, we'll have to make a bet on it this year because I'm pretty sure we're going to win this year. But I thought we bet on it last year, and then I don't know. But I, I don't recall. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that, listen, <laughs> Indy's had quite the, quite the variety of teams in that span, right, from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. Um, you know, I don't know if we, we hit the Jacoby Brissett wagon here, and now you've got Phillip Rivers. Uh, they're banged up a little bit, so, uh, you know, I, I think – I usually won't take history into account unless it's it's a similar team, similar like they've got Russ, they've got Aaron Rodgers, that sort of a thing. Um, so yeah, I, I would say we're due. I actually I think coming off of of playing a very good football team in Green Bay, you're going to an indoor game. I think I saw we haven't lost an uh, an indoor road game in four or five years, which I guess is promising. And wait, uh, seriously? Yeah, someone sent that out today. I gotta find that stat. That's that's an interesting stat four or five years since we've lost an indoor road game, which I was a little shocked because I thought Detroit had just out, but maybe that's been four-ish years ago. I, there was the one where, like, Golden Tate flipped into the end zone, or was that here? That might have been here because I know for a while there, Detroit, like, we hadn't beaten Detroit since U.S. Bank Stadium opened until, okay. like, last year. Well, we digress. depressing, but, yeah, anyway. Um so yeah, going to play the Colts. We said it earlier in the show. Um, Philip Rivers. Um, yeah. Last time we played Philip Rivers, I think he had five turnovers that were attributed to himself against us, if I'm not <laughs> yeah. mistaken. Like three interceptions and two fumbles. I think we got like three TDs off of those. So. Um, and he was mad because we were getting to him. Uh, yeah, he was not happy with our defense that day. I mean, I I'm all for making him not happy with our defense again, but. Uh, if if the pass rush shows up like it did against Green Bay, I'm not certain we're going to see much much of that because it certainly lacks some punch. Well, and, and listen, he threw – so week one, uh, Indians up losing to Jacksonville, I think like 27-20. Uh, Rivers threw the ball close to 50 times. Uh, they lost a running back. They lost Marlon Mack for the year. So now they're left with uh, Naheem Himes, Jonathan Taylor, rookie running back out of Wisconsin. And so – you know, I have a feeling that they're going to try to move the ball through the air. So uh, while it's not Rodgers, Devontae Adams, yeah, they're, they're going to try to move the ball on, on this young secondary. So um, I think it's going to be a good test, uh, but I'm excited. I, I think obviously Zim's going back to the drawing board, going to try to create, uh, you know, pressure more so than he did this week. Rivers is even less mobile than Aaron Rodgers, which uh, Rodgers obviously getting up to 37-ish years old. is still able to move around in the pocket a little bit to create space uh, where Rivers is really going to drop back and, and look to make that throw. So um, it'll definitely be a little different, uh, but excited to, to see if we're up for the test. Yeah. Um, 
looking forward to to picking off um, Philip Rivers another six times. I think I think that'll be about right. Six picks. <laughs> I think I think that's right. More. Right. Hey, I would love that. I. How much would just an uplifting thirty-eight to you know seventeen win be right now? That would be amazing, especially if like all the young the young corners got a pick on the guy. Jefferson touchdown too on the offensive yeah, side yeah, of the ball. Yeah. yeah, Jefferson touchdown on Xavier Rhodes. You know, I was I was telling you that I think this is a big football game because. I mean, every every week, right? in the NFL is huge, and and we know that every win um, is massive when you only play, you know, sixteen games. Wins uh, are tough to get. Yeah, they're tough to get, and and I think that you look at the Colts, a team that two years ago, before Luck retired, we we talked, we touched on this. I think um, it was a team that you and I both had as as a Super Bowl contender that year. I think we might have actually actually both been leaning towards. Uh, having them go or that, or it was maybe the Chargers. If we, if we, it was at least the AFC Championship game. I think both of us had them in there. Yeah, and I think I had them against the Chargers, which now it's funny because Rivers is the quarterback of this team and everything's kind of come full circle. But, um, you know, you have two teams that had pretty solid expectations. I think that most likely Indy came in to this year with probably similar expectations to Minnesota. Now the AFC is stacked with Lamar and Mahomes, so you're probably thinking, all right, let's try to get into that 3-4 area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just hope we can make a game. But uh, losing to Jacksonville, a team that most people thought was a shoe in for the last pick at home, has got to shake them up. And they're sitting there, got they've got guys that are having this same podcast going, whoa, we need to turn things around right now or this ship is heading in the way wrong direction. So, uh, you know, while I think it's going to be a little bit of an easier test, Minnesota can't come into this game and expect that the Colts are going to lay down because I think both of them know – that the trajectory of this season is really on the line right now uh, with this big week two matchup. And, and I think what you have in here, in o, in 0-2 start for each of these teams, for any team really in the NFL, that is a big hole to climb out of. And, and some teams can do that effectively, but I think if you look at the stats on it, like 0-2 teams making the playoffs, not particularly good because it's just it's so, it's so difficult to climb out of that hole and, and compete with anyone. Yep. So, um, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's, it's going to be a tougher game than I think a lot of us are making it out to be. And, you know, we can poke fun at the Rivers we want all day that he's a statue in the pocket, but they have a phenomenal offensive line, which I think they have, like, four first-round picks and a high second-round pick on that O-line. Like, that is a stacked-to-the-gills talented offensive line. If we're not creating pressure in creative ways – it's not going to matter. We're not going to get to Rivers, no matter how statuesque he is back there. It's just not going to happen. And then you're going to be forced to rely on your corners, which, yeah. as we've seen, is tenuous. And I was just I was going to try to pull up. I know going into last week that two of those guys were questionable. Um, not sure if they ended up playing or not. We'll have to check into that. Uh, I guess we didn't mention Minnesota ended up coming out basically injury-free, right? I believe so, yes. Which is nice. I mean, that's pretty rare. I mean, normally you get a guy that at least the trainers come out, um, you know, maybe they come back into the game. But I think for the most part, Minnesota stayed healthy, uh, which is nice. Uh, Indy, as I said, lost to, you know, one of their starting running backs for the year. Uh, Now, a team that is in a much better position to lose a starting running back where they ultimately had three guys that they were kind of featuring. So 
Um, you probably won't see that much of a downtick. And in, in, in all, <laughs> all honesty, you might see their rushing game actually elevate because if you're a believer in Jonathan Taylor, um, you're certainly going to see him get the ball a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a big game. I believe it's another... Uh, another nooner, which I think is like 75% of our games this year. Uh, Typically is for a central team. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you, what are you thinking? Anything else to go over? You want to, you want to project uh, the old week two matchup? I'll just say this. I mean, Xavier Rose did not have a good game. So, I mean, that to me says we made the right move moving on from him. Um, yeah. Now some of that could be, it's just a whole different scheme and he's still learning it, but um I just went back and I looked at his grades yearly and I just it's been a steady decline and his stats from from this past game, you know, just completely confirm that. Um so I think if he's gonna be if he's the guy on Thielen, I I think we like that matchup a lot. I think that's gonna be an easier time for Thielen than than anyone the Packers put out there. I don't know specifically about the rest of the Colts' defense. I haven't dug into them enough or, or watched enough of them to do it because obviously it's AFC. We don't see them that often. Um, but i got to imagine they're, they're probably a little bit easier of a test for our wide receiver group than Green Bay was. And I just look towards let's, let's get Justin Jefferson into the lineup a bit more. He didn't play a ton of snaps in this last game until you know late. So let's get him involved more. Let's, like you said, let's get the tight ends involved more. And let's, let's get rolling with this because we know we can score when we need to score, right? This offense has proved, and I think it's also right now leading in explosive plays in the NFL. So this offense can get explosive, so let's open it up. Let's get explosive. Let's, let's get some of these downfield shots and take advantage of some of these playmakers that you have. And I think if we can do that, it won't matter what we do on defense. I like it. Is, are we going to get a score prediction from you? Oh. Score prediction, Mike. Score prediction. You want a score prediction? Yeah. I'm going to go Vikings, 727 to zip. Or Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> no. I, I think mm, 31 seems probably still aggressive, so I'm going to go 20, 27 to 24. Oh, closer game. Close game. All right. Yeah, I, I think Colts make it interesting at the end. They start to press down, and, and we give up a late score. But I think I think 27-24, Vikings win, get back in the win column, get this thing back to neutral, and, and we're ready to go for Tennessee. All right. All right. I like it. Um, I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach here. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to rally the Scolders. Uh, and I think when I look at – I look at Indy allows Jacksonville and, and Gardner Minshew to come in and go 19 for 20, uh, beat them at home 27 to 20, a team that uh, Jacksonville in that has basically no defense, right? They've, they've lost Ramsey. They've, they've, uh, they've lost uh, Yannick to, to us. They've, they've just, they've really, they've lost Fournette. They, they're just a kind of a shell of a team that was, and they come in and, and get a win uh, Indy's home turf. Rivers is is ancient at this point, uh, so I, I think Minnesota was able to figure a little bit out in that fourth quarter. I think Zim is not going to let. He's coming off the most embarrassing performance, really, of his defensive time here in Minnesota. I don't think he does that back to back weeks. So I think the defense comes in and, and allows probably nine or ten points total. And I wow. think the offense showed some 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 
you know, signs of life. And if Minshew goes 19 for 20, I got to imagine that Cousins is able to, uh, you know, go 28 for 29. Uh, I think Jefferson, Irv, we're going to get everybody involved. I'm going to go 38 to 10. Vikings, Ooh. restore some faith. Restore some faith in Skulger Nation. 28 to 10. Or 38, 38 to 10 with 38. 38 to 10. Oof. Oof. How many scores does Justin Jefferson get of that? He's getting one. He's getting just, one. Just one? He's, he's going to get one. He's going to get one. He's going to get one. And I think All the right. defense the defense is uh, what is going to be talked about nationally uh, after this game. I think they're, you're going to get the, hey, Mike Zimmer gave up 43. What's he do? He makes adjustments and he, turn, and he keeps a team to 10 or less. Uh, so that's what I'm looking for this week. All right, I like it, Mike. I like the optimism. I, I think I think the fans will appreciate that. They're listening to this podcast. Um, like we said, guys, it's still early in the season. Still early in the season. Still a lot of time. We can still go 15 and one, baby. 15 and one. That's let's, right. Let's, let's just go out there. Let's get this one done. Any other final thoughts on this matchup, Mike? Before we close it out and get ready for Sunday. Uh, no, like I said, I think the biggest thing if you're a fan is to breathe. The season isn't over. Um, a lot of teams have started 0-1 and, and gone on to do great things. I think I saw Brady uh, in his time with New England started 0-1 and went to the Super Bowl all four times. So, uh, you know, I, I, I just – I'm not comparing us to them, but, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's a very unique, weird season. There's a long ways to go. A lot of different things can happen. So let's just hope that they improve substantially and we take this thing week to week. Take this thing week to week, improve every single week that we get a chance to, and, uh, you know, maybe we'll see ourselves in the Super Bowl. But that's it for us, Mike. Let's go that's get it, this baby. one. So let's get it. Let's go get it. Let's get Rivers. Let's put him on his butt. Let's get five interceptions. One and one. And one next week. We're going to be talking one, one and, and one. one. One and one going into Tennessee. All right. That's going to do it for us here. We'll see you next time. Skull. Skull.